You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron live with Ethan Haristadulu. What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to more of the Greek's Gridiron. I am Ethan Haristadulu, and today on this July 21st, 2022, I am coming at you guys with a series that I have been excited to do since honestly last year. It went over really well. I got some really good conversation from a lot of people. I had Vikings fans eating me alive when I did the NFC North during the preseason. I ultimately predicted the entire NFC North correct. So, uh, but not trying to brag or anything like that, but we are discussing divisional power rankings the next couple of weeks as we are fast approaching the start of the 2022 NFL preseason. This is one of my favorite times of the year where it's all just rampant speculation. Everyone is feeling positive about their team. The way each and every single one of these 32 teams is talking, you would think that they are going to win double-digit games and find themselves in the playoffs, but alas, that is not the case. And today I am discussing to start things off I think one of the most competitive, if not the most competitive divisions in the league. And I think funny enough, I started with this division last year as well. And this is purely coincidence. We're talking the AFC North. We have the Bengals, the Browns, the Ravens, the Steelers, a bunch of, you know, really good teams with some new pieces in some significant places or returning pieces in significant places. A lot is up in the air for this AFC North. So we're going to rank the division, starting with the number four team, then the three, then the two, and then we'll talk why I have who I have at number one. So without further ado, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, comment down below. Let me know how you rank the AFC North. If you are a fan of any of these four teams, let me know what you disagree with, what you agree with, all that good stuff in the comment section down below. But we are going to start with number four here and work our way up the list and ask at the bottom and it really pains me to have this team here because they have such a great defense and I don't really want them to be at number four but there is a lot of unknowns on the offensive side of the football and I'm gonna put them here at the very bottom and I cannot believe I have them here because they've been excellent my entire life as a football fan the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting at number four right now and I'll say this while I am ranking these teams four three two then one this is a very close division. It's not like there's some massive gap between any of these teams here. If I'm being completely upfront, I personally believe that any team can really shock and come out the victors as the divisional champions for this one here. Because if, let's say, Kenny Pickett starts for the Steelers and you know, the defense is as hot as they have been the last couple of years because they really only took a step back because of just how poor the offense was last year and a few hiccups here and there on the defensive side. But, I mean, if the offense is competent enough behind that excellent defense they have in Pittsburgh, they could shock. The Ravens had so many injuries. The Bengals surprised everybody. The Browns bring in a new quarterback, new wide receiver. Anyone can win this division. But right now, I think just offensively, the Steelers are the weakest and I mean, obviously, notable draft class. Kenny Pickett, their future QB1. They bring in George Pickens, who essentially replaces Juju Smith-Schuster as their wide receiver one, uh, who, or I guess is going to battle it out with Deontay Johnson. We'll kind of see how that shakes out from there. Uh, another guy, D-tackle DeMarvin Leal, is another notable draftee from this team. I think that really it's going to boil down to how well has this offensive line improved because they did bring in guard James Daniels. They brought in center Mason Cole as well. So to try to, you know, fill up some of those holes and what was not a necessarily great group on the offense or on the offensive line last year, I think that if the offensive line can improve, Najee Harris has, you know, another really big season. He looked awesome in his first year, Alabama running backs, you know, typically doing their thing. And if, 
Kenny Pickett plays well if he ends up starting, or if Mitchell Trubisky, you know, silences the doubters. I, I, I'm not super high on Mitchell Trubisky. I don't blame him for everything that went on in Chicago, uh, but I watched him in a game throw only eight passes. Whether that's his fault or not, I don't know, but I, I just, I don't want to buy too much into the hype. I will say this, though. Mitchell Trubisky landed in the absolute best position possible in free agency here. Him going to Pittsburgh was probably the best landing spot, period. And that's like not up for discussion. There was no better place for him to go in free agency than in Pittsburgh. So I really do like him here. And if he was to succeed in any other team, it would be Pittsburgh, in my opinion. But we'll have to see how things shake out. But right now, just because of the concern I have on offense, defense, they are loaded. Levi Wallace got brought in there. They brought in Miles Jack to add some athleticism to the defense as well. I think that defense is going to be as good as they have been the last couple of years. You know, we watched them shut down the Bills in week one last year. They were so impressive and ultimately led the team into a, a playoff spot they probably didn't belong in just because of how bad the offense was. If they get competent offense, they could end up being much higher than just number four. But right now, the offensive question marks just leave a lot unanswered, and I don't really know if I can buy in on them being a th number three or a number two team in this division just, just yet. Coming in at number two, or excuse me, number three, rather. I'm going to go with, because there's been a lot of turnover in the offensive side of the football, and I think that there might be some slight growing pains and some rust at the quarterback position, the Cleveland Browns. On paper, this is a team that should be phenomenal and should be a legitimate contender to win the division, to be completely honest with you. But I do have some concerns. The defense, while on paper, not necessarily quite as good as they should have been last year. And I know the offense was kind of a struggle for them, and that could be a reason as to why. But when you look at them, they were very hot and cold in certain areas. Like negative-wise, they were 14th in points allowed through the season, and they were tied for 21st in turnovers. So they were not a very aggressive and, and, and fearsome defense, I guess you could say. And they were also letting teams score at a fairly average clip throughout the league. Again, middle of the pack, 14th. However, positives. They were fifth in yards per play allowed. They were fifth in yards a game allowed. So they were efficient in some areas, but deficient in other areas. Very hot and cold defense. They were good in some places and then like average to below average in others. The defense, I would say on paper, should be a top 10 unit. And if they perform to that level, then they could end up being higher on this list here. But right now, because of that, and then again, I I understand Deshaun Watson's here. We don't know how long he's going to be suspended for. We're eagerly awaiting that. Maybe we'll find something out within the next few days. I expect them to, you know, to at least let the Browns know before training camp. That would be nice. And also, I would just like to know what's going on with that already. Uh, and then you also, of course, have Amari Cooper, who we just brought in. But you lost some guys. You know, you lost wide receiver Jarvis Landry. You lost wide receiver uh, Rashard Higgins. And you can argue how much of an important piece he was or not, depending on which Browns fans you talk to. Tight end Austin Hooper, another guy that, again, depending on who you talk to, some may or may not really care about it because they re-signed David Njoku and he's going to be like the number one tight end for them. But my point is there is a lot of roster turnover for this team. <clears throat> they didn't really have any massive selections through the draft here. They'd get some decent guys, cornerback Martin Emerson, defensive tackle Perry and Winfrey, who I was very high of leading into the draft. So I do like, I do really, really like that pick. And I'm excited to see how he helps solidify, uh, solidify that defensive front. And then wide receiver David Bell, another exciting guy for the team. But ultimately, it's just so much roster turnover on the offensive side of the ball, coupled with a defense that, again, on paper should be top 10, but statistically did not end up being top 10 last year. I would like to see this team prove me wrong, but I have met number three. Coming in at the number two spot, and this is where, you know, 
number two spot obviously spoils the number one spot. So make sure you stick around and listen to my reasoning for as to why I have these teams organized the way I do. Coming in at number two, and this might be a shocker to some. It might not be. I don't know. Super Bowl representatives, Cincinnati Bengals. It's more about the Ravens than it is about the Bengals here. I love this Bengals team. The offense was unbelievable last year, despite the fact that Joe Burrow was completely annihilated behind the offensive line that they have, or had, excuse me. They bring in guard Alex Kappa, center Ted Karras, right tackle Lael Collins. You completely reworked the group and immediate upgrades in three different spots. Three out of the five places now, immediate upgrades to what you had prior. They really only lost C.J. Uzoma in free agency. So minimal losses that they somewhat mitigated with Hayden Hurst. We'll have to see if he ends up really being able to produce and play to the extent that like Uzoma did in the offense. We'll have to see how his connection with Joe Burrow ends up being. You also look at the draft class. Defensive back Daxton Hill. Cornerback Cam Taylor Britt. Guard Cordell Volson, who is again another addition. Should bring some competition to the offensive line there. I really, really like what they did in the draft. I really like what they did in free agency. They minimized their losses and maximized their gains. They spent a lot of that cap money to build an offensive line worthy of how good this team was last year, minus the offensive line. With that, coupled with a defense that really came on strong in the second half last year and started to really look good and come into their own, going up against some really good teams in the playoffs and really minimizing the amount of points any of those teams that they went up against put up. If... We get that, plus a little bit better defensive play over the middle because that was something I was concerned with last year. Cincy defending over the middle with the pass was not necessarily the best, but not necessarily the worst average at best. Uh, I would say at times mediocre at worst. I'm looking at you, Logan Wilson, letting up like 200 receiving yards against the Jets. As long as the defense can continue to grow and thrive the way they did last year, and honestly, I expect that they do. They, again, with the defensive back additions that they added, I expect the secondary to be a little bit better. Things over the middle might look better. I'm I love the I love the linebacking corps. I love the D line over there in Cincinnati. I don't really have any doubts in this team. But the reason I have them at number two is again because of what's going on at number one. It's not about the Bengals. It's about the Baltimore Ravens. As my number one team in the AFC North here, the reason I have them where I do, again, we've heard it a thousand times over, but I have to bring it up. The injuries that they dealt with going into the season before actually going through the season was ridiculous. The only team that suffered worse than they did was the Tennessee Titans. Now, you look at their draft class, you get a top five prospect that somehow landed to them at number 14 in Kyle Hamilton, safety out of Notre Dame. You got a center in Tyler Lindbaum, Linderbaum, excuse me, you got edge rusher David Ojabo, who obviously Achilles tear during his pro day. If he comes back to play at any point this season, that would be phenomenal just to get him going. But Ojabo was a, a top 15 prospect, arguably, going into this draft class before he tore his Achilles. And now he's in Baltimore. Somehow the NFL let that happen. You also look at like a later guy in the draft class, offensive tackle Daniel Falele, the massive mountain of a man at the offensive tackle position for them. Their draft class was outstanding, arguably one of the best, if not the best, in this year's draft class. And then you look at the free agency for them. They bring in safety Marcus Williams. that They didn't even really need to because they ended up drafting Kyle Hamilton anyways. Right tackle Morgan Moses. They brought in Kyle Fuller, who's dealt with injuries, but added depth to a secondary that was literally a practice squad unit by the end of the season last year. 
coupled with their only real free agency losses were Anthony Averett, who I don't know how much he even really played for the Ravens last year, and then wide receiver Sammy Watkins, who was not really doing too much for them anyways. He did have some plays here and there, but Sammy Watkins has been a hit or miss guy where he'll just randomly have big games here and there, but never really consistently outstanding the way I was hoping he would be coming out of college. You're looking at the best draft class, arguably, from this year, coupled with an entirely healthy roster. Lamar Jackson missed six games last year. He's coming back with a chip on his shoulder, I'm sure. Obviously, we've heard about the contract issues and whatnot. He's going to play with a fire lit under his ass. J.K. Dobbins is coming back, who that running game completely missed last year. Remember, Tevin Coleman was their running back for a stretch of time before he ended up going down with an injury. Like, it was a who's who at running back for them. They were running, I think, fourth string running back, technically speaking, going into week one of the season. It was ridiculous what the Ravens are dealing with. This roster is loaded. It was competing for a playoff spot when it had no business competing by the end of last season, remember, they took down the Chiefs in week two in a barn burner of a game. Healthy, reloaded, retooled. I think John Harbaugh is a top five coach in the NFL. His teams are always ready to go and ready to play no matter who the opponent is against. I have a hard time doubting this team right now. And again, it's not to knock the Bengals. I understand they made it to the Super Bowl. Like I said, this list is this close for everyone. There's a a slight gap, I would say, between like the Steelers and everyone else, just because the offense is kind of a question mark. And even even the Browns are closer to the Steelers than I'd say they are the Bengals and the Ravens. But between the Bengals and the Ravens, it's like this much. If you can even see the space between my fingers there, it is like this much. This Ravens team, though, I know that they lost Marquise Brown. The offense is going to now just solely focus on what Lamar Jackson does, which he likes torching people over the middle. He likes playing the middle of the field. He loves his tight end game. Listen, it's going to be a fun year. The AFC North is the hottest and most competitive division in NFL right now, in the NFL right now, without a doubt, without a doubt. I won't have that argument, without a doubt, period, end of story. I will not be surprised if I'm totally wrong about this list, but... As of right now, heading into the preseason, I like the way this looks. Could it change by the end of the preseason? Maybe. We'll see. Is it going to change by the end of the year? Probably. More than likely. But I like the Ravens at number one, man. I'm buying what they're selling. The Bengals are an easy choice for number one as well, just because of how good they were last year and how much better they got this offseason. But give me the Ravens at number one, man. That's my rankings for the AFC North. Again, I'd love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. Hotly contested division, without a doubt. Let me know. I appreciate you guys for watching. Again, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Appreciate y'all for watching. Have a good one.